This is a download from News Talk 106 to 108. To download other programmes or for more information, go to newstalk.ie. Talking Books. Thanks to Hodges Figures, the bookstore. On News Talk 106 to 108. Hello and you're very welcome to Talking Books with me, Susan Cahill. On the show tonight, well, we've got quite an interesting mix. Kate Moss, the creative force behind the Women's Prize for Fiction, explains the importance of plot to a high-octane adventure story. Adventure story is all about plot. You can't separate plot and character, but things happen. I think, for me, one of the biggest differences between what is often called literary fiction and what's called commercial fiction is not the quality of writing, is not whether the characters are wonderful or not, it's not whether the ideas are wonderful or not, but it's the priorities. So in adventure writing, the priority is the plot. Stuff happens. There's a clear beginning, middle and end. It is not a meditation. And although I care enormously about the sentences I write and the language I use. If people are not turning the page, my readers going, oh, what's going to happen next? I can't put it down. If I haven't achieved that, then I have failed. I meet up with Callum Roberts, one of the UK's top marine conservation biologists, and hear how our beautiful seas are changing and not for the better. The sea though is out there and it looks pretty changeless. If you look out to sea, then you see much the same view as somebody would have, who, who was standing on the coast would have seen 200 years ago or even a thousand years ago. The sea is inscrutable and it hides its secrets well. And we have our first Talking Books book club, reviewing Kevin Barry's City of Bohan with one lively opinionated crew. But first, Kate Moss OBE is one of the most powerful voices in the international literary world. In 1996, she co-launched the Orange Prize for Fiction, which has without doubt transformed the lives of many talented and unknown writers throughout the world. Today, she's celebrated as a champion of popular fiction. And if her blockbuster historical adventure stories are anything to go by, Kate will be around for quite some time. Her books are real page turners, they're exhilarating, meticulously researched and make for one hell of a read. Well, Talking Books was delighted to catch up with Kate on her recent trip to Ireland and it was refreshing to see and hear just how humble this talented British writer really is. When I was writing Labyrinth, the first in my Languedoc trilogy, I didn't think that anybody other than my agent and my husband and my mum, you know, would read it. And then it's a very strange thing when I was publishing Second Sepulchre and now Citadel the Third to have this sense of all these wonderful people who've given money to buy your book. And it changes your relationship with writing in a funny sort of way because you are aware that there are people following your characters, that they own your characters too. So all of my novels are love letters to Carcassonne, a place in the southwest of France. If you carry on driving to the south, you hit the Pyrenees. If you go to the southeast, you'll hit the Mediterranean and you have the Montagne Noire, these amazing mountains to the north. So it's a very self-contained area. And I became obsessed and passionate about the history of the southwest of France after we bought a house there in 1989. And I learned about this group of heretical Christians called the Cathars who were persecuted by the Catholic Church and by the French crown. And then I wrote in Sepulchre a fantasy eclipse story of tarot and mysterious ghosts, all set in the same area as well, but very much coming out of the history of that period, the end of the 19th century. And then, of course, in Citadel, the final story in the trilogy, if you like, although it is a standalone novel, and it's set during the very dark days, the Année Noire, as they're known, of the occupation, the Nazi occupation of Carcassonne between 1942 
1944. And it's a story of huge courage and tremendous bravery. And what's interesting is the hero of the book is a woman. Can you tell me about Sandrine? I always use that phrase exactly, that I write old-fashioned adventure stories with the heroes as women. And the reason I use that phrase, I suppose, is because for me, the word heroine carries with it the sense of the person being rescued. The person with the long hair, you know, like Rapunzel coming out of the window with her hair and everything. And for me, the word hero carries with it the sense of the active protagonist, the person who drives the plot forward, the person who is behind the jeopardy and the momentum and the story being told. So in Citadel, Sandrine, she's a young girl when the story starts. She's 17. The war has been lost by France. They are being occupied in the north, but in the south of France, it is still a free zone. The south of France is being ruled out of a place called Vichy by a man called Pétain, who had been the hero of the First World War. So the French society was in disarray. They didn't really know what to believe. And Sandrine has never seen yet soldiers on the streets of Carcassonne, her beloved Carcassonne. And she is young and she is courageous and she has that confidence of youth, that teenage confidence. And little by little over the course of the war, once the Germans cross the demarcation line in November 1942, she starts to see the reality of the war, what people in the north have already seen, their Jewish neighbours and friends being taken away, a completely different sort of society, a society that has a different moral code to the one that they believe. And so she becomes from a bright, sparky, beautiful teenage girl, she becomes a woman who is making life and death decisions every day and fighting for what she believes morally is right. And so the story Citadel is about an all-female resistance unit. There wasn't one, but there were many, many, many brave, courageous women involved in the resistance in the south of France and many brave men who made that possible. And that was what I was trying to tell. It's an imaginary story, but it's set against the real history of the occupation of Carcassonne. And it was a very hard book to write because all the time I kept thinking, would I be brave enough? What would I do if I'd been in this position? And that, in a way, is what a novelist does, is ask the questions that a historian can answer. A novelist can simply create characters imaginary characters out of the air but the backdrop is always the real history the men and women who gave their lives so people like me can walk around Carcassonne and love the city that's there today. And I have to say, Kate, one thing that jumps off the page is your amazing research details and also a tremendous and a very, very strong plot. Adventure story is all about plot. You can't separate plot and character, but things happen. I think for me, one of the biggest differences between what is often called literary fiction and what's called commercial fiction is not the quality of writing, is not whether the characters are wonderful or not, it's not whether the ideas are wonderful or not, but it's the priorities. So in adventure writing, the priority is the plot stuff happens. There's a clear beginning, middle and end. It is not a meditation. And although I care enormously about the sentences I write and the language I use, if people are not turning the page, my readers going, what's going to happen next? I can't put it down. If I haven't achieved that, then I have failed. So that's, for me, the key with all of it. And with the plotting, it's about that attention to detail. It's about remembering, you know, who left the room last. It's about remembering that that clue was buried in this cave rather than that cave, that this person can't possibly know about that piece of information, that detail. And so when I'm writing, I don't plot everything in great detail. My plotting, if you like, is the real history. And then I set my characters free against it and I let them be real characters. I let them run their own story, if you like. I'm just wondering, how exhaustive is the research? Because uh, you write also like an historian. Well, thank you. Thank you. I do a huge amount of research and I do it before I start. Two reasons. One, because I feel a lot of what I research. So Citadel, I researched for about four years before I started to write the novel. And the reason for that is that often out of the research come tiny details that make a difference. For example, 
I have in a final countdown, you know, the final scene between the goodies and the baddies in a village called Kustosa, which is where the Women's Resistance Unit is based. When I was being taught to shoot by the Ministry of Defence, so as part of the research for the novel, I discovered that there were two types of rifle. The Lee Enfield had a bolt that stopped it sort of firing back. There was another type of rifle, a German rifle, that had nothing there. So if you didn't put the rifle down, the bolt would shoot back and break your nose. Now, this is not a key piece of historical research, but it's a great piece of historical research when you're writing that scene. So I had the nasty Frenchman who's on the good side, but he's a bit lecherous, he makes the women feel uncomfortable. I just simply could get my own back there by him picking up the wrong rifle. So when he fired it, he got his nose broken. This is the sort of research I like, the detail. And you do it all first, because when you're writing adventure, you cannot stop to find out how many bullets are in a chamber. You cannot stop to find out what sort of shoes the women's are wearing. So can they run fast or are they, you know, do they have to kick them off because it would be too hard to run in them? You can't stop to find out what was the weather that day because you must know before you start because in adventure, everything is about momentum and pace. So for me, it's years of research in the back of my mind. And then of course I check stuff, but it's like I'm a wind up doll. Once they've started, you know, I'm sort of running and I'm running and I'm running. Whereas other people who do historical research, particularly the more literary historical, fiction they do often research as they go because it is a different sort of pace and for those who see adventure fiction as lowbrow or not very intellectual what would you say to that i would refer them to the wonderful wonderful book called negotiating with the dead by the great margaret atwood and she is very very straightforward and she says there are four types of books there are literary books that are good and literary books that are bad and commercial books that are good and commercial books that are bad i'm paraphrasing she puts it much more beautifully everything about writing is the intention what is your purpose in writing the book? What is the sort of book you are trying to write? And once you've answered that question, have you done it well? So all of these ideas that literary fiction is by definition wonderful and commercial fiction is by definition down market, that's just people saying those things. You can show a disappointed writer behind that, (laughs) usually. It's not readers that think like that. And I know Virginia Woolf is one of your heroes, but can you tell me about some of the other female and male writers that have particularly inspired you through the years? I admire enormously work rather than the people, if that makes sense. So, for example, I think one of the greatest novels of all time is Wuthering Heights by Emily Bronte, the only novel she ever wrote, published just a year before she died at the age of 30. What I admire about it is that it is a novel that changes its shape and its colour every time you read it. That it is a novel that contains two characters in particular, Heathcliff and Cathy, that have stepped out of that book. So people who've never read a novel have heard of Heathcliff. Now that is an achievement. When I first read it, I was told it was a love story. Then you read it and you go, really, is this love? This is violence, this is obsession. When I next read it, I read it as a social novel, all about women being trapped in roles, about you know Heathcliff, who is described as having black skin, being in the middle of nowhere, having no opportunities at all, about the way that politics worked and the, you know, the repressive society that oppressed everybody in that time period, really, except for a tiny few number of people. Next time I read it in my 40s, I thought, oh no, it's a landscape novel. The lead character of this is landscape. Then I read it as a mystical novel. You forget that actually the ghost of Cathy is not not knocking on the window right at the beginning. And then you actually, at the end, you realise that it's about the tempest, the way that the storm and both emotional passion, but also the real storm and the landscape of Yorkshire has been returned to this calm place, you know, at the end